1: If anyone takes anything out of my word, I will take their name out of the book of life in heaven. Welcome to Core Truth Radio,
2: a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles, with Pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information. Log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth.
1: And we're going to continue in a message that we started yesterday in 1 Samuel chapter 3. I entitled that message, A Listening Heart. It was about Hannah, who prayed to the Lord. She was barren. She couldn't have children. She's like, oh God, please, you know, have mercy on me. Just open my womb. At one point, Hannah's husband asked her, well, you don't need any kids. Am I not better than seven sons? And she's like, uh... No. <laughs> it's like, but God opened her womb, and she said, Lord, if you open my womb and you give me a son, I will give him back to you to serve you all the days of his life. And that's what she did. So when she weaned him, when he was potty trained and he was eating solid foods, who knows, he was maybe three, four, five years old, she took him to the temple to serve under Eli. And now Eli was kind of a slack priest, if I could say that. He had his two sons in the priesthood who were total heathen dogs, and they were serving. And so Israel had pretty much fallen away from the Lord because of the priesthood was corrupted. So God was not only blessing Hannah by giving to the son, which she named Samuel, but God had another purpose for Samuel to light the fire that had totally burned out in Israel. So let's read about it here in 1 Samuel chapter 3, because now Samuel has grown up. He's a teenager, who knows, 15, 16 years old, and this is what happened. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. You're driving in the car, listening on the radio. You keep your eyes on the road. I'll do the reading, but open up your ears and hear this. It says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, the priest, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. Why? Because the people had fallen away from the Lord. That's why. But anyway, verse 2. And it happened at that time as Eli was lying down in his place, now his eyesight had Begun to grow dim and he could not see well, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Could you imagine that? Yeah, I sleep next to the ark of the covenant. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it says, Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. Then he ran in to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And, uh, you know, but Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. So he went in and he laid down and the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But he answered, I did not call you, my son. Go lay down again. Now we'll stop there just for a moment here. Now here we find Samuel again sleeping next to the ark of God. Now, you remember the Ark of God? That represented the very presence of God. We're told that there was three items that were in the Ark of the Covenant. One was the actual tablets of stone that God wrote with his finger, the Ten Commandments. So you got the two stone tablets that have by the finger of God written the Ten Commandments, okay? Then you have the rod of Moses, and, you know, they call it the rod of Aaron, rod of Moses. That's the rod that, you know, went out, touched the Nile River, turned to blood, and, you know, you know, was uh, pointed towards the, uh, you know, Red Sea and the Red Sea split. And then there was also a container that had some manna in it that they had saved. So what do those three things represent? Well, the Ten Commandments represents the law of God. The rod of Moses represents the power of God, and then the jar of manna represents the provision of God. So when you have all those inside of there, the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, that, again, represented the presence of God. Now, Samuel was sleeping next to it. And so he's getting ready to doze off like any other day. And that's when it happened. Like like sometimes when the craziest stuff happens with God, it's when you're never expecting it. And so he's just going to bed like any other day after faithfully serving the Lord. And again, He's been serving the Lord for, who knows, you know, 12, 13 years now at this point. But Samuel heard a voice, and he thought it was Eli the priest, so he ran to Eli's bed and said, hey, here I am, what what do you need? What a great sign of obedience this young man has. And Eli calls, and, you know, Samuel jumps, but only one problem. It wasn't Eli that was calling Samuel yet there was no one else around. Then it happened again as Samuel ran into Eli, yet he responded the same way. What's wrong with you, kid? I'm trying to sleep here. You're killing me, Smalls. You know, go back to bed. I don't know if you said you're killing me, Smalls. I added that. Okay, just letting you know. Anyway, moving on. Notice how the Lord called. It was in the quietness of nights. See, when we want to hear the voice of God We like the big show. We want the big voice from heaven. Yes, I'm God. Yes. You know, it's like, but many times when God speaks, he speaks to us in the quietness of morning or the quietness of night. It's when we get up and we're taking that time to read the Bible. It's that time when we're just quiet before the Lord. You know, the, the 99% of the times when God speaks to me, it's just when I'm just having my quiet time with Him, and I'm just looking through the Scripture. I woke up the other morning, uh, just a couple mornings ago, and, and it was like 4 o'clock in the morning I was thinking about, you know, First Timothy chapter 2, and I was just thinking about it, you know, how God doesn't desire all, He desires all men to be saved and I was just thinking about that, and I got up in the morning, I just started reading that. See, but that's when God speaks to us. It's in the quietness. It's not the big show. It's not the big, loud, booming voice. It's the still, small voice of God. That's how he speaks to us, which brings up here, our next portion of text here. It's in uh first Samuel three, verse seven. It says, Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor had he heard the word of the Lord yet. It has been revealed to him yet. So the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, Now go lie down, and it shall be that if he calls you, that you shall say, You know, speak, Lord, your servant is listening so samuel went and he laid down in his place then the lord came and he stood and he called at the as the other times samuel samuel notice how he says it twice remember when jesus would say hey you know if anyone has an ear let him hear remember when jesus say verily verily i say unto you it's like hey now listen up listen up he says and samuel says speak for thy servant is listening And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone who hears it were tingle. And in that day I will carry out against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. For I have told him that I'm about to judge his house forever for the iniquity and the sin which he knew, because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he did not rebuke them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity Iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Whoa. Wow. Well, that'll wake you up. And that's exactly what happened to Samuel. Man, he woke up big time to the voice of the Lord. You know, and for us as Christians... There is no better way of responding to the Lord than the exact way that Samuel responded to the Lord in verse 10. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Look, he's just a teenager. Look, we can never outgrow this. Man, when God starts speaking to our heart, we have to say, speak, Lord, for we are listening. Just like if you're out someplace and the Lord lays on your heart, maybe you should share this with this person right here about me. Jesus, maybe you should say something to them. You need to say, yes, Lord, not, oh, well, what if I say something and then they ask me a question? I don't know how to answer it or, you know, what if I do something and they don't receive me or like, no, you don't ask any of those questions. You just say, OK, Lord, I'm going in. I'm going in. Yes, yes, when we open the pages of our Bible, when we come into the house of the Lord, that's when we, more than any other time, need to be sensitive to the still, small voice of God, because most of the time when God speaks, number one, He will speak to the very core of our being, and number two, He will speak when it's quiet and we're listening with no distractions. See, this is what Core Church Los Angeles is all about. We are about teaching the truth of God's word. See, you need to come to church with an attitude and a heart, God speak to me and let me just say this if you're going to a church and you're never being confronted on any kind of sin issue in your life if you're never being confronted with the truth and you're never being challenged with the truth of God's word get out of that church like why would you keep going there is it just religious duty do you think God's happy with your your little pious religious duty and you're not growing in the Lord and you've got active sin in your life and you're never confronted on it by church it's like what does that even mean. God wants to develop a relationship with us, and our sin puts a barrier between that relationship with us and God. So when you come to church, you should be getting challenged by the Word of God. You know, I've had people come to me and say, Hey, Pastor, are you talking to my wife this week, man? You're kind of, you know, you're touching on some sensitive areas here. It's like, no, that's the Holy Spirit of God. But that's what is blessed about teaching through God's Word. That's why at CORE Church Los Angeles, we do expository Bible. Bible teaching that's book by book chapter by chapter and verse by verse in fact right now we're going into a whole section on the 10 commandments in exodus chapter 20 and we're going to break down all 10 of the commandments we're going to see what they really mean i bet you most of us can't even quote the 10 commandments so it's like you need to listen up here and you can come to church if you're in los angeles area if you're in one of the surrounding counties you can get in your car you can drive what if you're an hour away You might think, an hour away? Are you serious? Gas prices are out of control. That's right, they are. They're totally insane. I'm with you on that. But what is more important than your soul and you growing in your relationship with Christ? Listen, if you're on one of our 19 stations on the East Coast, you can always download our app, and you can do that here in Southern California, too, and you can watch on the app. That's right. We have three Sunday morning services, 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 noon. You on the East Coast, you got to have three hours of that, but you can watch our live service right there. And the app, how much does it cost? $29.95. No, it's not $29.95. You know, it is, like, free. Absolutely free. So you can check us out at corechurchla.org or Or you can just go to the app store and put in Court Church Los Angeles and download the app. It's free. costs nothing. It's got hundreds of video messages. Plus, you can watch all of our live broadcasts on there also. But getting back to our study here today, yes, whether it's something we want to hear or not, we should always have ears to hear. Again, that's why Jesus always said, if anyone has an ear, let them hear what I'm speaking to you. That's why God gave us two ears ears and only one mouth. Know this, the word listening in the Hebrew means to attentively and diligently listen with obedience. It's a listening that's followed by obeying what is heard. Is that how you approach Bible reading? Is that how you approach when you come to church? What does God have for me today? Your attitude when driving to church should be, Lord, what are you going to speak to my heart today? Is that how you listen to the moving of the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to be used anywhere at any time? Yes, Samuel had ears to hear, while some, well, you just have ears. That's all I can say. Samuel listened, though, when God spoke. While many today have become the people like in Ezekiel's day. We're told in Ezekiel twelve two, he said, son of man, you live in the midst of a rebellious house. Could he not say that about us today? Hey, Christians in America, you live in the midst of a rebellious country. Yes, that's exactly where we live. Who have eyes to see, but they don't see. They have ears to hear, but they don't hear. Why? Because they're rebellious. See, that's exactly the same place that we're at here in America today, just like it was in Ezekiel's day. Yes, all the way through the Bible, God is calling out to those who will listen to his voice, yet many disregard the truth. That's found in the Word of God, as they embrace whatever tickles their own desires. Listen is what God wants us to do. He wants us to listen to exactly what He has to say. But listen to what it says about the people living in the last days. Now, this is written by the Apostle Paul. This is the last book that the Apostle Paul wrote. This is the last uh, chapter that he wrote, and he said this in Second Timothy 4, three. He says, For a time will come talking about the end. He says, when people will not endure sound doctrine. Boy, gee, it sounds like today. You know, a lot of churches now are like, you know, Joel Olstein, it's just like I'm a life coach and I'm just telling you you're a champion instead of teaching the truth of God's Word. He says, people will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And they will turn away their ears from the truth and they will turn aside to miss. See, because people just want to hear what they want to hear. Tell me how wonderful I am. Tell me that I'm wonderful. I'm good. I'm a good person, that I'm going to go to heaven. But see, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, there's going to be many in that day that stand with me and the end of time. And they'll say, Lord, Lord, did not we go to church? Did not we do all these good things? Did we not go to the rescue mission? Did we not have all of these wonderful things? I even went down and adopted a rescue dog. I, I drove a Tesla. It's a electric. and I recycle. I did all these wonderful things. And Jesus said, I never knew you. See, it's not about what we do. It's about who we know. It's not about, you know, the things that we carry out. It's about knowing Christ and being willing to serve him. See, there's sin in the church today, and there's many that call themselves progressive Christians. And let me tell you, if someone's a progressive Christian, I will suggest to you they're probably not a Christian at all, because a progressive Christian is someone who says, well, we have to change with the changing times. But here's the problem with that. God says he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And isn't it interesting, the last couple verses of the entire Bible, just go to the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, go to the last couple of verses. What does he say? If anyone takes anything out of my word, I will take their name out of the book of life in heaven. The Bible says, if your name's not written in the book of life, you're not going to heaven. I don't care what you did. I don't care how good you are. If your name is not in the book of life, you're not going to heaven. And he says, if you take anything away from my word, if you change because something now is culturally acceptable where it wasn't before, understand god's law never changes what was sin 3500 years ago is still sin today and if you take away from god's word he's going to take your name out of the book of life and he goes on to say if you add anything to god's word i will add the plagues of this book to your life and let me tell you if you've ever read the bible oh there's a few plagues in there all right yes samuel He listened to God, and when we as Christians listen for God to speak, we will also hear him, for God is looking for such a people that will listen. The only question is, will you be, will I be the person who listens to God? Do we have ears to hear what he has to say? When we read something in the Bible, do we hear it and then obey it? As you know, it's not just enough to hear what God speaks to us. We have to obey it. And when he speaks to us, and we have to be faithful to speak those things to other people in this dark world that we live in. Again, this is a dark world. People are lost. Look at everything that's happening in our world today. Look at the shootings. Look what happened in that elementary school. Ezekiel two seven says this, he's writing this to Christians. He says, but you, who's you? It's true believers in Christ, but you shall speak my words to them. Who's them? It's everyone who's not walking with the Lord, but you shall speak my words to them, the people that are in the world, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. So God tells us right on the upfront, like, look, they're probably not going to listen to you. Why? They're rebellious. But weren't we rebellious before we came to know Christ? I was involved with every sin under the sun before I came to know Christ. I was a total jerk, but yet Christ kept pursuing me. Yes, which brings up this last point here. First, we saw that Samuel had a pre-planned purpose from God. Then we looked at the fact that Samuel had a listening heart. He was attentive to God's voice and he obeyed the word of God. And now for our third thought here, speaking truth. Remember, God had told Samuel in verse 12 and 13 that he was going to judge The priest, Eli's house, and that was already spoken to Eli a chapter before in chapter 2, verse 34, when a servant of God told Eli that, hey, listen, Eli, your two boys that you have in the priesthood that are serving in the temple, guess what? They're going to die. God's going to strike them dead, you know, on one day. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen soon. Now, why would God do that? Well, listen, God confirmed this again to Samuel, that he was going to judge Eli's house. But again, why? Because at the end of verse 13, Eli did not rebuke his sons. Meaning, since Eli didn't discipline them, that he chose to look the other way, Eli allowed them to do the most profane things these boys were having sex with women in the church in the synagogue i mean they were just totally reprobates it's like listen this is the problem with nepotism when you have your children in the ministry when they don't deserve it these boys didn't deserve to be priests in the house of god and he should have went up to those boys and said guess what boys i got two words for you you're fired. You're out of here. You're history. You're like a feather in a whirlwind. You're gone. But he didn't do that. He covered for them. And now Samuel knows that the hammer is getting ready to drop in the lives of Eli's boys. Let's read what happens next. Well, actually, I'll read it because you're driving in your car probably. So I'll read first Samuel chapter three, verse 15. And it says, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, And he said, here I am. And he said, what is the word that God spoke to you? Please don't hide anything from me. May God do to you and more also if you hide anything from me, all the words that God spoke to you. So Samuel said, okay, I'm going to lay it out. So he told him everything. He had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what he seems good. Thus Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fail. Wow. Could you imagine? Here we have Samuel, again, just a teenager who's faithfully served under, uh, you know, the priest here, Eli. He's just serving the Lord. And now Eli wants to know what God spoke to him in the middle of the night. And without question, this is a tough message for Samuel to speak. It was a message of judgment. For the time had come for Eli and his sons to reap what they have sown. And even though it must have been hard on this young man, Samuel, he obeyed the Lord and he spoke the entire message of truth and woe to Eli. Yes, Samuel spoke the truth and he spoke it in its entirety. Know this, you and I, We are called to do the very same thing in the day that we live. We live in a world that waters everything down, a world of being politically correct. Yet God has called us to call sin, sin, and proclaim that there's only one way to God. That is through his son, Jesus, and Jesus can forgive us. There's only one way to heaven. Do you know that? Do your friends know that? Do the people you work with know that? Does your next door neighbor know that? We are called to give this message. Listen, I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that you've allowed sin to creep into your life. You're separated from God. You don't feel that close to him. Listen, there's no better time than right now, at this moment, to repent before the Lord. What does repent mean? It means to stop walking in the same sin you've been walking in and just be willing to say, God, I'm willing to change. I want to I go to heaven. I want my sin forgiven. And I want to be a voice of reason of the truth of God's word to those that are around me. And if that's your desire, you pray this prayer and God will hear you. Pray it now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me, that you were buried, but I believe you rose again from the dead. Come inside of me. Make me who you want me to be. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior, and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible and some materials to help you in really growing in this relationship with Christ. Maybe you've been a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter, but the first 50 pages of this Bible really talk about, you know, what it means to really walk with the Lord. So you can text me at 323-807-3255. That's 323 807-3255. Just text me your name and address, and we'll send you these materials. And may the Lord God bless you.
2: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of core church la if you've been blessed by this program consider supporting our radio ministry by texting core church la to 77977 you can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org or you can mail your support to po box 34789 los angeles california 90034